Welcome to the Good Talent Podcast. It's great to have your company. My name's Tony Nichols. I'm the CEO and founder around here. I'm joined by John Sullivan, the ex-BBC, ABC sports broadcaster. Welshman, is that your title? I'll take it. It sounds pretty good and I can't come up with a better one right now, so thank you. <laughs> the voice is the story. Yeah. It's the story in the media, it's the story in politics, and it's sensational to see Albanese try to create this legacy. Yeah. I'm just interested to explore what it's doing to the new cycle and what opportunities it's creating. It, it is the story, basically. It is the story, and I think that um, Anthony Albanese's uh, reign as Prime Minister will probably ultimately be determined by the outcome. It reminds me a lot of David Cameron, the Conservative leader in the United Kingdom. He was regarded as, as a Prime Minister of some competence, of course. There were detractors and so on, and people who criticised him. But one thing that he decided to bring to bear was a vote around um, Brexit, of course, whether Britain should leave the European Union. And ultimately, the vote was passed that Britain should leave. And the acrimony that it's caused, you know, and they've hardly really left in some ways, and it's cost Britain billions. And when you compound it, with the pandemic. But my point, Tony, was this, that the debate in a way became polarised. It wasn't really a proper discussion around what are the real benefits and negatives of this discussion, even ideologically, just got polarised. And I hope that doesn't happen here. It hasn't yet. But with any debate in such a way, you worry it becomes polarised. Yeah, like it's an intense time in the election cycle, yeah. in the news cycle, isn't it? And you've got you know, you've got rusted on yeses, rusted on noes, and it's not good to feel that sense of divide. No. Like we want to feel united, right? Like, And it'd be great to see this get up. You've got soft noes, you've got soft yeses. I guess we always have an eye to the campaigning, don't we? Definitely. It's interesting to hear the ads come out. Yeah. Like the no campaign is so simplistic, right? There's no, not enough detail. Yeah. It's as clear as that. The yes campaign, you know, has got more work to do. Yeah. But there's a lot of heart behind it. I must say I, I admired Albanese winning the election like he did on cost of living yeah. and other things, long-term coalition government that, you know, it was time for a change, so many prime ministers. And then he gets up there and says, you know, I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll embrace the Uluru Statement from the heart, you know, with rapturous applause. It was powerful stuff. Yeah. And, and here he is, you know, trying to deliver on it. Yeah, look, it's brilliant. It's democracy in action, I guess. And that's uh, the, the, the fundamental role of, of a prime minister, of course. And I just think it's going to be a fantastic um, period in Australian history because, uh, whatever happens, this is going to leave a very powerful legacy. And, and I think if it doesn't get up this time, I wonder how, how long it would be before the vote could be brought to bear again, Tony, because I feel like it's taken a lot of energy from people economically, ideologically. I think there's a sense that Australia needs to get past, perhaps, and beyond some of these issues so that there is a sense of unity and a collective growth together. And if you were to say, in short, did the big target electioneering yeah. and didn't get up but twice right, didn't yeah. get up right, which is political death. Yes. And then Albanese does more small target electioneering, which is more sensible, right? You, they basically want to win power. But he wasn't campaigning on this, and I'm happy to get that wrong as well. I might have the fine print, but it wasn't an overt message that this is the reason we're getting into government. And it's so important, and I personally would love to see it get up, but it's certainly not the primary cost of living pressure that we're the country seems to be under. Now, that really, you could contest that that is the biggest story right now. Yeah. But The Voice is a manufactured biggest story, but it's not what we're feeling at home. The cost of living is what we're feeling it in our back pocket. I suppose there's a bit of a tension, I suppose. Sometimes people wake up and think, I can't afford to fill my car with petrol today. There's not enough food in the fridge for the family. The school fees are too much, whatever it is. What, what, why are we talking about this right now? Some people would say. It doesn't mean it's correct, of course. But, but then I suppose the counter-argument to that would be you don't really understand the issues at stake. This is going to transform Australia, right historical injustices and, and, and create a new pathway forward. 
I guess there'll always be that tension at the heart of, of this debate. And for many, it'll be something they never want to talk about. For, for some, it'll be, I'm happy to engage on this, but not right now. And for some, it's a fundamental issue that there must be debated, resolved. And obviously, they want the yes outcome right now as well. So I guess there's like almost a three-way tension. Look, it's a fundamental priority to get treaty, right? Yes. So that's what Labor's going for. And I'm thinking he's doing it in his first term of government now. Very brave and, yeah. and positive move. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, but he's taking some hits. He's going to take some bark off in the process. Yeah. It gets up, it doesn't get up. And then you would assume he'd be pivoting back to cost of living and where, you know, where there's a big focus. Yes. Um, what I would say, just an observer around things like Brexit, is these debates get hijacked by minutiae and random parts of the debate rather than thinking, is this the correct thing to do? What are the benefits for the country and so on? So I hope that doesn't happen. I hope that, that, that if there's a proper debate of all the um, you know, key detail and what it might mean and what the benefits are, rather than getting hijacked, perhaps over debates. Short-term look would be we're in a tough spot economically. I think the long-term look is what does this mean for the country? I think the voice gets up. Fantastic. I think it's going to create a lot of energy. Yes. There's going to be a lot of a lot of groups, a lot of not-for-profit organizations that we work with who will just surge and grow and scale because we're already seeing the funding coming through yeah. for a lot of different organizations. It's going to create opportunity. It's going to be exciting. Interestingly, though, it doesn't get up. What's the result going to be there? The same groups potentially go into exasperation and outrage. That's the scenario I don't think we've thought about much. No, look, I think that would be the worst of all outcomes because, like you say, you're disenfranchising a hugely uh, important part of Australia and and also you're almost allowing the people that said, yeah, we didn't believe in it to to champion their victory, which it might not necessarily be a victory for them. It just might be that the country's not ready right now to take this step. Hopefully they are, of course, and, and I'm sure that the time will come, but it just feels like a hugely charged time in the country. I've lived in Australia now since sort of 2012 and I think there's been so many different factors, you know, with with the pandemic and so on, coming out of that and facing these tough economic times. And then we've had this political change and, and now this debate. It just feels like there's a lot of tension, especially when you factor in the, the global tension around the world. We've got war in Europe and so on. It just feels like there's a there is a bit of tension and fear in the world right now. And I'm not sure how people are feeling about having yeah. debates and stuff. It's funny, you're right. You go through history and that the tension and fear never stops. No, it doesn't. Like, you're, right. It, you're right. Like, and I think it's right for every generation thinks, wow, you know, this is crazy. The, you know, global crisis and yeah. climate change catastrophe, you know, the end is nigh. Yeah. Every, every generation thinks like that. And it's really cool to go back through the old docos and things. Yeah. And it's been the case. I mean, you can, you can inform me for a long time. No, you, you know, you're exactly right. And there's many who make the case that would say there's never been a better time in, in human history. You know, the advances in medical science, democracy, um, empowerment of prior disenfranchised groups and so on. But I guess at any point in humanity, there's always so much work still to be done. I think we're great with change and we do navigate well through disruption. But throughout all that chaos, a lot of us throw tantrums. That's so like we've got change and disruption happening right now with the global economy and inflation and the, the national debate about the voice. And this is all exciting and there's a lot of opportunity here. But I don't know if everyone handles that pressure well. No, no. Look, as a former journalist, I can't wait to actually see some debates and some really great discussions around this. And sometimes I think the formulaic way of a televised debate can be a bit limiting because as if you can really get to the heart of nuanced subjects in, in maybe 30 minutes, one hour, you probably can't. So I hope there are some longer form debates. I hope all the key people are involved and I hope that there's a real opportunity for every person in the country to learn about the issues and so on and, and what it actually means because I think it'd be very easy for this to be sort of um, diminished through the media lens. You know, I think a certain level of sophistication is needed. 
so hard to get that. Like the voice doesn't get up. Yeah. There'll be plenty of groups to come out to say the country's racist. Yeah. They will. There'll be other voices, other groups to come out to say, well, the bill wasn't right or the structure wasn't right. Yes. Or we didn't present it correctly. But it's difficult to get the nuanced mm. look at things because all these disparate groups probably have a right to their point of view. Exactly. And, and sometimes the news cycle doesn't allow for a longer form debate. You're looking for that grab perhaps as a journalist and that can influence you know, the, the, the votes of millions potentially. So I really hope that there is some proper longer form of debate. And I really hope that all the media outlets put out the information as in any election process in a very impartial and in fair way, but maybe that's an aspiration that's not going to happen. Well, it can't happen because they're playing sides of the debate themselves. Yeah. So it can't happen. What worries me is with the referendum is that we're going to get a breakdown of everyone's point of view across the country. This is going to be polled. Mm. So the southern suburbs of Brisbane, let's say, that electorate, was it for the voice or not? Yes. Brisbane, old, old hometown. Ipswich, I'm just throwing names. No, no, you're saying. So yeah. I'm in Queensland and Rockhampton. So, with, you know. Right-wing electorates, yeah. how have they voted on The Voice? Left-wing electorates, green electorates. We're worried about it because how will these electorates, small areas, be stereotyped as a result of their voting in a democratic sort of process? No, I know what you're saying. It could be trivialised to say, oh, yeah, well, there's no surprise that uh, X went for that because we know, you know, historically and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, hopefully that that doesn't happen because that would just be trivialising it. That's not really doing anyone any favours, you know? But the data will be there for people to stereotype and trivialise and draw conclusions and draw it to the MP. And uh, I guess that data will be used if there was another vote if unsuccessful this time to, to try and focus, well, these are the areas that we need to win hearts and minds if we're actually going to get this uh, passed. Well, uh, yeah, necessary stepping stones. It's probably very valuable data. Yeah. Get it right next time if there needs to be next time. Uh, Exactly. But incredibly important data for all the, all, the, uh, all the parties as well, leading into further elections. Yeah. State, local and federal. Yeah, because from this, they'll be able to extrapolate positions on other big themes and ideas and so on. And um, I just think it's a, a wonderful time in Australian history because, you know, whatever happens, we're going to be talking about it for some time. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're in it. Yeah. We're, like, we're in COVID. Exactly. That, that was, you know, global history. We're yeah. in this national history. So uh, it is an exciting time and, and let's hope it gets up to Exactly right. If you're inspired to increase your profile and strengthen your brand, a Good Talent Media story creation meeting could be a great place to start. You'll meet some of our key team members and do a deep dive into your brand's possibilities. We'll give you tools and strategies to implement straight away. Email info at goodtalent.com.au with the title story creation to get yours today.